0: Don't Feed the Candida, Part 1. Welcome to the podcast, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. You are listening to Episode 6. By the way, you can listen to this podcast wherever you are in the world and at any time that you wish. I always include show notes for those with brain fog so you don't have to take notes. If you missed my previous episode on sleep, then you may want to listen to it before this one. I do believe that there's a lot of information, both good and bad, out there about fibromyalgia. As an educator who specializes in this area, I think it's my job to point out to you that the beneficial information can be organized in a fashion that will reduce the symptoms of this malady. My name is Amanda Lee love and I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia nine years ago, which influenced my decision to enter the field of nutrition, and now I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those who are suffering from fibromyalgia. Today we are going to explore the world of candida and its impact on your general health. Candida is a yeast which is a form of fungus. Yeasts are everywhere on your skin, in your mouth, and in your gut also in your reproductive parts, especially thriving in warm, dark, moist places. As you probably know, yeast are present in many of the things we love to eat, such as bread, cheese, wine, pastries, and carbohydrates. Yeast are fungi that usually live in balance within our body's ecosystem. The Candida albicans strain is a fungus that only becomes problematic when it starts to grow out of control, competing with the good bacteria for resources. When a person has an overgrowth of Candida albicans, the condition is known as candidiasis. The Candida albicans strain exists peacefully with bacteria that produce acid in the gut where the pH is kept low, which helps keep fungal infections at bay. But what causes it to go haywire? What about the pH of our bodies? Ordinarily, our bodies like to exist around a normal pH of 7.4. However, certain areas tend to be more acid, such as the gut and vagina. If these areas become more alkaline, then candida will grow and begin to process more sugars. This process creates byproducts that are called mycotoxins which have the potential to change body tissues and can make you sick. These mycotoxins produced by an overgrowth of candida disrupt cell communication and confuse the body. Many scientists believe that this interruption of cell communication is responsible for many autoimmune conditions. One byproduct produced by candida processing sugars is Acetyl dehyde, which can be toxic. This is one of the same byproducts made when your liver breaks down alcohol. Acidic dehyde can create a deficiency in vitamin B1, which contributes to brain fog, irritability, sugar cravings, depression, which is why those with candida overgrowth can feel like they are constantly hang over. Now what else can contribute to an environment perfect for candida overgrowth? One word would be significant here. Antibiotics. So let's say you develop a sinus infection that your physician believes will be helped by an antibiotic. And ultimately it does help by killing out the bacteria. However, now there's an imbalance in the beneficial gut flora. This is because antibiotics kill bacteria but they do not kill yeast, which then gains access to all the nutrients they need to multiply. So what do you think is Candida's favorite food and where do they get it? It's provided easily by the American diet which is rich in sugar and carbohydrates. Another major contributing factor to candidiasis is stress. Well, how does this work? Stress increases the cortisol levels, which the body breaks down into sugar. Candida thrives on that sugar no matter where it comes from, so stress will feed your candida. Here are some factors that also contribute to candida overgrowth. Too much sugar in the diet, birth control pills, chemotherapy, alcohol abuse, and stress. So for your information, here are some signs. Of Candida overgrowth. Chronic sinus infections, skin rashes, chronic fatigue, vaginitis, nail fungal infections, thrush, especially in babies, upper respiratory infections, PMS, acne, and anxiety. While there are several tests that can be done to check for Candida overgrowth, the best indicator of that condition are the symptoms. In part two of our discussion of candidiasis, we will go over how to combat this condition through diet and lifestyle changes because if you want better health, this is the first step to obtaining that goal. And if you have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia or are ready for more information, make sure to subscribe free where you can do that on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen so you don't miss out on any episodes. Join me for each episode as I share with you solutions that will lessen your symptoms and bring back hope into your life. If you found this podcast informative, please leave a review so others are able to find this podcast. For those who write a review, you will be entered into a drawing for a self-care mini box. There is a link in the show notes to iTunes or just Type in the title of my podcast, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love, and you could leave a review that way. Thank you so much for those of you who leave a review. I appreciate it. Looking forward to talking with you soon for the seventh full episode on Don't Feed the Candida Part 2. If you're ready to join my fiber fix 30 day jumpstart program, it's now open. I will leave the link to it in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in today and join us next time as we explore ways on Don't Feed Your Candida Part 2.